Welcome to our campaign, set in the galvanizing world of Electrovol. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying- Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. What is it? I'm so sorry. Is something wrong? No, 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 not at all. Quite the opposite. I know this is your thing. Yeah, it is. But I need to let our listeners know something really important. Going from now until the 31st, we are hosting a giveaway for the new Hugo Brassleaf Walnut Display Dice Tray on our Twitter. Signed by the cast and courtesy of C4 Labs. Oh, you sound excited. Of course I'm excited. Everyone should be. This is wonderful. You can also order this dice tray on C4 Labs website in two different styles. Using our promo code to get 10% off in addition to complimentary free shipping. This is incredible. And I'm sure many folk listening right now are already signing up. But we also owe them a show, do we not? You're right. We do. I'm I'm just uh, going to go grab some water. Yeah, you do that, buddy. Ah, the guy's a lunatic. Anyway, back to the show. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. This episode is sponsored by C4 Labs makers of amazing tabletop gaming accessories. For a limited time, you can use the code DICECARNIVAL during checkout and receive 10% off. That is DICECARNIVAL with no spaces or caps. C4 Labs offers free shipping in the US, so it's a great way to treat yourself and directly benefit our show. Check out their new walnut display dice tray with special pockets for each die in your set. You can find it and other products at c4labs.com. The link is in the description. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin! Welcome back to Electroval, where we left off a band of adventurers with their newly acquired friend, Wartho, uh, Johnny, who will be... Uh, joining us for the near future while Ariel is away. Strange, sl slightly angelic figure carrying a big axe who, uh, well, was caught at a somewhat inopportune time, but has agreed to accompany the party to locate a girl named Destiny, who is a bit of a treasure for Cranberry Caledonia, kingpin of the Twisted Dagger. They've tracked this girl Destiny down, still unsure exactly what they're plan with her is, whether to reunite her with Cranberry or to listen out to her cause and try to help her, when they had found her. But before they had a chance to approach, both Warso and Yenden, who was standing guard, felt themselves approached from behind by two thugs uh, from this part of the city. Ready to kind of intimidate them with their large weapons, they were startled by the shadow of a looming ogre behind them. And before we have a chance to exchange more words, I need everyone, and I mean everyone, to roll initiative. Including the audience. <laughs> yes, uh, go ahead and comment down below what you rolled. <laughs> oh. if, if you want. If you want. I rolled a Guess what, total. guys? Guess what, guys? I didn't roll a natural one. I rolled a 10. <laughs> Yay. 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 So 10 for soup. Uh, 
Uh, Wartho, what did you get? I rolled a 15 total. Nice. Hugo? 14. And Gendon? 7. Oh, Seven. yeah. I'm not this... dead last. No, I'm this dead is last. Worth... This is worth mentioning. Um, I meant to call it out as you approach the darker part of the city as well. But Gendon, there's a weird sensation as your eyes adjust to the darkness. The darkness doesn't quite seem as dark as you remember it. Uh, you have 60 feet of dark vision. Oh. That's new. Go ahead and refresh your character sheet. Um. But kicking off the initiative are the uh, two thugs, and you see one of them call out, You're upsetting our business. Buddy, show them what happens to people who upset our clientele. The ogre is going to look down. It's going to, like, size up the two of you. It's going to look at the scrawnier figure, and I'm going to ask... Uh, Warso to go ahead and roll me your choice of strength or athletics as it goes to grab you with its meaty hand. Or athletics or acrobatics. I'm going to use acrobatics. All right. As a 15 plus 4. Oh, this ogre is rolling like a god tonight. Uh, in addition to rolling a natural 18, it rolls a natural 19 on its... A natural 18 on its initiative, it rolls a natural 19 to grab a hold of you. Okay. And you see as it grabs a hold of you, it just basically shoves you into the water about like 10 feet to the side and you find yourself just pushed down into the muck and prone. As the ogre leans over and then leers over at Gyenden with like a, a bullying smile on its face. Um, funny enough, at 15 on the initiative count, we have Warso. So I'm... I'm stuck in the mud. You you were basically just thrown into the swamp in the mud. Like it's probably like only like two feet high water, but you're like prone in it. Gotcha. Drenched wet. You've got your axe in your hand still. Um Well, I'm just gonna try to get out, first of all. Alright. It tap your movement to stand up. Okay. And you said I'm ten feet away? Uh yeah. Alright. So I'll I have 15 more feet to move. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'd say it's maybe like another five movements to drag through the muck, but after that, you've got barely enough movement. If you would like to engage this ogre again. Uh, yeah. I would like Buddy. to engage. All right, and you step forward. So it's like this thing, like a beat happens as there's just like a splash mm -hmm. as you get down. It's like one of those things where you get knocked in the water, but you pick yourself up immediately. Yeah. And you just walk forward. Imagine with a look in your eye until you're squaring up against this ogre who's just looking down at you and, and Gyenden in his goliath form just kind of standing upright looking at you curiously. <laughs> what do you do? You have your bonus action and your action left. Um, I'm going to swing at it. My axe. Alright. Go ahead and roll to hit. 18 plus 5. 18 Damn. plus 5. That will definitely hit the ogre. This is not that hard to hit, and you just go ahead and swing with a precise martial strike. 12. I do 10 damage. 10 points of damage as you swing it at the leg of the ogre, and it just lets out a roar of pain uh, as it stumbles onto its knee. And you see the one thug just say, Hey! 
That's not very nice. Get him, buddy. <laughs> As their attempts to bully you into submission clearly haven't worked. Hugo. Soup. You hear, like, the sound of, uh... As, as you're speaking to this woman, she, she's saying, as she's like taking a step forward, you're, you're not who I was going to meet here. You're, you're not, not him. And then you hear like the sounds of like a splashing outside and like a row rumbling shout of pain, just like a... Oh, he brought out the voice changer again. Yes. What? do you do as this woman seems to approaching you but now she seems a little bit startled um i'll like quietly like sh quietly shout do whatever that word is just like we'll try to keep you safe i don't think you can go but just stay hidden uh roll me a persuasion check Ooh. oh man uh Ooh. 17 plus 4 21 Oh, she she gets your indication and you express to her you mean her no harm and tell her to get down and she does. She tucks behind the sort of concrete wall that uh, leads to the little dock area and she crouches behind it and she just kind of whispers to you, I, I, I'm supposed to meet someone, um, someone who's supposed to help me get out of here. I don't think that's them. All right. Uh, her turn is immediately after that, so she'll spend it rolling a stealth check. Uh, which she does a pretty good job at getting down. Uh, soup. Alright. So, action, I'm... So, action, I'm gonna So you don't my... know what's going on out there. Like, you, yeah. you were speaking, you were standing behind Hugo, and Hugo seems to be consoling her and, like, gives you a... And Hugo gives you a look, and... Yep. Sounds like there's trouble. Yep. So I'm gonna use my second wild shape for um, for symbiotic entity because if there's trouble, then I gotta boof up. So the spores on your body begin to like the fur and the sort of mats of lichen in your fur just begin to grow outwards into these large shelves that are like plate armor. And uh, you do, do you what, are you holding anything in your hand in particular? Yep, I've got, um, I've got Nature's Disciple pulled right, out. You're still holding it. You're still holding it. Yep. Yep, I'm still holding it. And you step out of the space and you can see easily enough about 40 feet outside of where this door is. You could probably move like only another 20 feet. Yep. Uh, a, a, basically a large ogre. Uh, just kind of reach out in pain as you see Warso just drive an axe into it. Uh, and you see maybe two other figures behind there. Gyndon also kind of squared up, kind of stuck between these two. Before I head out, I kind of, the, wherever the girl disappeared, I kind of give that direction a quick glance and say, I know the swamp. You're not going to survive out there, but we need to deal with this first. All right. You step out. Yep, I step out. And did Warso take any damage? I'm just curious. Not yet. He, he was just basically oh. being shoved into the muck to basically be bullied, and he's like, hell no, I'm not having that, and drove an <laughs> axe into this ogre's shin. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm starting. I'm just starting to make my way towards the fray. All right, so you just kind of give that look, and then you just start sprinting out. Uh, do you do anything with your bonus action? Uh, no one needs healing. 
Oh yeah, Shalala. Okay, so you go ahead and the, the mushrooms on your fur begin to extend up nature's disciple. And for a second, you think that there's almost a sort of resistance. And then there's a symbiosis. The energy of the staff seemed to almost allow the mushrooms to grow along the sort of carved grooves along it. Um, until it becomes, you know, kind of like a mace uh, made out of fungal matter. Yenden, uh, you are kind of squaring yourself up and you can tell like from the loud rumbling, uh, you can see soup sprinting out of the doorway as well. Okay. Um. Um. <clears throat> Warso has drawn first blood. Yep, he has drawn yeah. first blood. I'm going to... Alright, it would be an action to probably like go through the ogre's space to the other side of the ogre, right? Um, I mean, you could always just try to circle around the ogre if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. Alright. Um. <clears throat> See, I'll move up. I'll go, like, around the ogre and come up next to Warso. Yeah. And be like, stay close! And you take, like, that's only, like, a five foot, five, ten feet to the left. Okay. But yeah, you do. Um, yeah. I don't know, put distance between the thugs and me, but like put the yeah. ogre in the way essentially. Well, it's the thing is that Warso got pushed ten feet to like the left, looking towards the city, and got up, came back. You were between the ogre and the thugs. Thugs were standing about ten feet back and were or, are ordering the ogre to attack. Ah, oh, okay. Or to be a bully at the very least. Uh, now ordering it to attack. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll stick with the ogre then. Yeah. Just I'll say stay close, and then I will enter. Rage and All right. throw an attack at this thing. Barbarian rage, but instead of roaring, you just <laughs> roar. That's a dirty 20. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Hits. All right. Um, this, folks, is what 10 damage. All right. You go ahead and strike against, and the ogre just lets out a as you just kind of bludgeon into it. Um, it sinks in, and you can kind of feel like the fat of it bubble with the strike of the mole. Um, it definitely seems to be aggravated, but it still has a healthy chunk of its hit points left. Um, anything else? Uh, that is it. All right. Now it is going to be the thug's action. Um, the two of you, them that are seeing you there, uh, they're going to approach, uh, and these are slightly, yeah. They're going to approach Gendon, and they're basically going to strike on the other end. They're like, hey, you can't do that to Buddy. Only we can do that to Buddy. And, uh, hey, we have business with the girl, and you don't belong here. And he'll strike. Uh, they get a single attack each, but they make it with advantage because of pack tactics. Uh, first attack, though, is only a 12. That misses. Like, ah, I can't seem to hit him, boss! Uh, let me show you how it's done. Uh, that one's gonna be a natural 22. Ah. Uh. Not natural 22, though. What <laughs> dice am I rolling? <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a 22 to hit. Okay, that hits. Um. The secret you to his are... magic is he rolls a d30. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you take six points of bludgeoning damage, reduced right. to three. Reduced to three. The ogre, though, doesn't like this little piece of shit that driven an axe into its leg. Whoa. 
It is going to go ahead and ready both its attacks. Both? Oh no. Yep. It's fine. Uh, it's going to go ahead and drive its great club into Warsaw. That was so close to an actual 20. Uh, that is a dirty 20 total. Yeah, that hits. 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's going to swing a second attack against Yenden. Oh. It's just trying to scare you off before. Uh, I've got to roll the hit first. Yenden. Uh... Literally, same thing happened again. Nat 20 went to a 14. Uh, 20 to hit. Yeah, that hits. Uh, you take 15 points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> 15 to points seven. reduced to 7. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Only I whack with stick. Bad, tiny men. <laughs> All right. Johnny. Yeah. Warsaw, it is your go. Mine? Yep. Uh, How you looking? Um, almost dead. But, uh, I'm going to hit him with my axe again. All right. <laughs> so you just, like, get whacked in the face, just completely signposted by this massive, <laughs> this massive piece of debris bound in barbed wire with like chunks of metal and sign attached to it and you just literally get signposted and you get knocked down in the mud and you just drive your axe in the ground and stand up again go ahead and do your thing i'm gonna try to chop his toes off <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, any bonus actions i'm gonna use a bonus actions <laughs> hmm? that is an 18 13 plus 5 to hit <clears throat> I'm going to go for his big toe. Uh, 13 plus 5, that will hit. As you go ahead, you lop it down, trying to cut across like that. Um, that is, is going to hit as uh, you just create a massive cut that nearly takes off uh, a huge chunk of this guy's foot as blood spurts out, and it just screams out in pain. <laughs> and then from a bonus action, action... To make thugs suck toes. <laughs> mm -hmm. use... How much damage was it? That's it. That's important. I yeah. love the flavor. 12 damage. 12 points of damage. That is something. And then I'm going to and... use a bonus action to invoke Blood Curse of Bloated Agony. What is okay. that? Um, Sounds like curse of creature that I can see within 30 feet. You painfully swell until the end of the next turn for the duration of the curse. The creature has disadvantage on strength and dexterity ability checks. Takes one d8 mm -hmm. damage or necrotic damage if it makes more than one melee or range attack during his turn. So you see, as you drive the axe into it, and you see the blood spill. Like, what does it look like? Is it like some sort of incantation? You know, is it like you know, you prick a teensy bit of your own blood in the process? Like, what does it look like? It, I would imagine it's something like I mumble under my breath as I go chop his toes off. So, like, seeing the blood in the steel, you mutter uh, a sort of curse, an old invocation that you know, conjuring its own blood as the material component. Yep. And you just see that the foot where you chopped down, like, the blood stops spurting as much as the entire creature's body, its foot just begins to swell as its veins begin to kind of pop uh, mm -hmm. through its skin. 
and it just lets out a horrid roar of pain. This guy is not having a good time. That curse just sounds like Taco Bell. That's what it should be called. <laughs> um, Hugo. Beef burrito curse. Hey, where am I right now? Oh, uh, you are currently consoling the woman, but if you would like to step outside, that's going to be like 20 feet of your movement. Yeah, I can do that. I'll stay in the doorway. All right, so you can kind of peer around. I'll say you'll have half cover if you want to look like that. About 40 feet out um, is where you see the conflict happening. Oh, 40 feet. I can Eldritch Blast that. <laughs> it's less than 120. Yes. All right. Let's and you got it. a clean shot. I uh, just shooting a little bit above Soup's shoulder. Mm-hmm. So it's like Soup's just doing this whole anime run covered in mushrooms, and you're just like pew, pew, pew above their head. Literally doing finger guns. Mm-hmm. All right. Looking incredibly fresh while doing so. Yes, sir. Does a 17 hit? A uh, 17 will most certainly hit the ogre. <laughs> He's a big boy. Lots of surface area to strike. Right. He is Eight. a big sack of meat. Eight damage plus the two extra fire damages means ten. So, ten. Awesome. I can do math. As you strike against it in the back, it arches. Uh, anything else? Bonus actions are quite limited. No, I don't have anything I can do. Now, if you were a goblin, no. Um, all right. It's going to be her turn as she kind of stealthily makes her way next to you and says, What are you doing? Those are the people who are trying to help me. Help me get away from here. You're hurting them. Are you certain they're trying to help you? They promised they would. Anything's better than her. Sure you uh, soup. Oh, say what you said. Are you sure you can trust their promises? Not everybody around here keeps their word. Uh, soup. A red blast of, of heat and force shoots over your shoulder as uh, Hugo is offering artillery cover. Yep. All right. And yeah. So you could easily run up and continue fighting this big ogre guy, but you could tell he hits hard. Um, mm-hmm. But does look to be in a lot of agony and pain right now. You could also theoretically walk around, and uh, I'd say you have enough movement with your long arms to get in range of one of the thugs if you want to flank around that way. I think I'm going to do something a little bit different. Okay. So how close is everybody to each other? So, like, everyone's packed together in that space. There's the ogre. Yendon's literally standing between the ogre and the two thugs. Um, Warso's not engaged with the thugs, but he's looking real rough. Actually, if anything, like, you're actually seeing, like, what almost looks like some sort of bioluminescent light kind of trailing from his nose and his eye socket and his lip. Mm-hmm. Like, the sort of radiance that seems to be spilling out of him like blood. Cool, cool, cool. So I can capture everybody in this altercation within um, Do it. within an entangle, right? If you've got the spell slot. I do got the spell slot. I got all the spell slots, actually. All three of them. Oh, <laughs> all right. Do it. Yeah. So you, that I... you haven't. Yeah. 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 You've had a long rest since then. Yeah. Yes, totally. I have. Yep. I am going to cast entangle. And as I do so, I'm going to yell, slow down. 
bef before this all started, are you working with the lady in there? Because she also said, are you? She also mentioned even before this all started that she was waiting for somebody. The ogre is it strength checks or strength saves? Strength save. No, for um the bloated agony. Uh, oh, for me, it's a uh, strength and dexterity. Uh, does it say checks or saves? I want to know checks. if I have to roll disadvantage. Ability checks. All right, so he does not get disadvantage on this. Uh, rolls a nine, however. All right, the two thugs, and you're dropping into the middle, so I need Yendin and uh, Wartho to go ahead and roll strength saves as well. Yes, I am doing this to stop everybody. I rolled a natural pattern. As I'm raging, I do have advantage. Yep, one guy Ooh. rolls a nine. Thanks. One guy rolls a 10. All the baddies are entangled. I've got a All 16. Right. Okay. That, that worked out as well as it could have. Y'all! Hold up! <laughs> how far away do you? How close do you get to them? I'm keeping. I'm keeping bugbear distance away. So you're within ten feet of the ogre. Ah, oh, right. The ogre probably has reach. The oh, ogre's well. big, though, right? So you're ten feet away from the ogre. Yeah. Right. I'm. I'm just. I'm just being like, everyone, please hold up. <laughs> the ogre itself. Uh, well. It's now going to be Gyendon's turn. Gyendon, what are you doing? As um, these a vine sprout around you, you quickly jump out and you tear the ones of them off, but you see the others, all the baddies are uh, struggling to get it on. Wartho stumbles a little bit and actually a vine that was wrapping up their leg just completely misses them and then withers back into the swamp. Um, did I hear soup? Yep. All right. Um, so I will first I'll position myself in between uh, Warso and the ogre, just in case. So you can't. Warso is like right up against the ogre, oh. so you can't squeeze in the space in between. Now, if you want to, you, you use your action to pull Warso away. Yeah, I'll do and that. You would. Okay, so you're gonna spend your action to basically get in front of him and just shove him back. Uh huh. And I will say All to right. Soup in Infernal, Soup, what's up? <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh fuck, they can't understand me right. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm saying everyone Oh no, stop. your big plan. Everyone stop fighting and we can all help the girl. So the two thugs are uh panicking right now, um, a teensy bit. They're going to try to spin their action to tear the the stuff off. So is it a strength check to pull it off or what? Uh yes, yeah, strength check. So the one dude says, oh, boss, boss, oh, hold on one second. And he, he gets hit off and the uh, the boss rolls a 10 is struggling. He's like, you fool, you fool, don't you run out without me. Um, the ogre, however, has lost a lot of its hit points and is in bloated agony and feels so under assault, it is just going to keep swinging. Oof. It, however, cannot quite reach soup. It's only got a five foot range. Ah. However, it's going to begin by making its first attack oh. against Warso. Um, I accidentally tumbled the one die, but I know it was low. Um, the higher die... Uh, actually, hold on one second. I'm just going to re-roll because I rolled in the shadow, and that's bad. All right, uh, that is going to be a dirty 20 to hit with disadvantage. 
Yeah. Damn, that is going to be 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh my god. That's it. Uh, Blood Curse is still up, though. Um, and it's going to make another attack. I believe it takes damage when it tries to use its multi-attack. 1d8. Go ahead and roll that now, if you would. Uh, as it goes ahead and strikes at Gienden as well. Oh, no, actually, hold on, Marso. Strike that. It was not able to do that. Gienden, did a 20 hit you? Uh, 20 hits, yes. You take five points of bludgeoning damage. All right. Marso, you are still up because I just remembered Gienden pushed you to safety. Ooh. Woo! Uh, it's also going to now make a second attack against Gienden. And it takes that damage, right? It does. However, with disadvantage, it rolls a natural one, so the vines are just restraining it so much yeah, yeah, that yeah. it is struggling. Woo, woo, woo. Um, how much damage did it take? Six. Nice. Um, as you see, it just painfully swells, and then it subsides. All right, so as it just lets go and you see its form begin to swell less, if anything, it is just more enraged than it was before. And they're like, buddy, buddy, you got to get us out of here. And the ogre is just like, angry, pain, bash. Okay, this guy's out of control. Can I use my reaction to spore as him? He's yeah, 10 uh, feet. yeah, yeah. Go ahead and time uh, save. Um, 10. Ha <laughs> ha. Take my 2d4. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Take it and eat it. All right. That is, uh, that's three. <laughs> three points of necrotic damage. This guy's looking really hurt. And as you go ahead and you send out this arc of sort of purple spores that uh, begin to strike at it and grow against and cause its skin to kind of decompose partially on it. It is, it is not happy. Uh, Hugo. Trying to kill the ogre? Or at least totally incapacitated? Yeah, you see that Soup was trying to reason with it and has now lashed out a sort of strike with, uh, of purple spores at it. Alright. Still from then a distance. do what I want. I'm gonna Eldritch Blast him. Alright, so you just go ahead and raise it up and go ahead and roll to hit. 23. That will hit. Go ahead, roll again, just in case you get a nat 20, because it does have advantage. Oh, hey. Nope, I do not. All right. Yeah. Uh, seven damage. Uh, wait, hold on. The one roll was seven, but then we need to add fire, so nine. Nine. With that, it just lets out one more roar of pain as fire licks through its chest, and there is just literally a smoldering hole in the middle, creating a cavity as it just silently falls down in the muck. And uh, the other two are quite perturbed. Uh, Soup and Gyndin, you get a turn, as the ogre has now fallen. Okay, so Soup goes first, I guess? Well, now it is going to be uh, Soup's turn. Yep, okay. As the I two turned... of them are scrambling, trying to get the vines off. I turn, give him a look, and say, We only did that because we have to. Oh, God, boss! They killed they killed Buddy, now they're going to kill us, too! No! <laughs> I can see We're that! Both... I can see that! Get these damn vines off me! I'll let you go, if you promise not to be a big baby, since we're all here to help the girl. Roll me a, uh... 
uh, roll me a per your choice of persuasion or intimidation, depending on how you want to angle this. I'm being very stern, but also making it clear that I don't intend to hurt them. So I'm. Then that sounds like persuasion. Yeah. I'm just I'm just channeling mom energy. You know what I'm saying? That is mom. Seventeen. Seventeen. Yes. Gendon. Uh, were they intimidated by that or persuaded? I mean, I mean, they haven't had their turn yet. Oh, okay. Um, I guess, yeah, I'll move up to them and just, like, um, I will... You, like, step over the ogre body? Yeah, and I will just, like, I'll just, like, hold my sledgehammer to the, up to the dude, to boss's chest. Uh, I'll release my rage and say, it would be wise to stand down. I would say with uh, Soup's words and Gyndon's, uh physical threat, the one dude was currently in the process of trying to pull the vines off the dude. That was going to be his action. Um, I mean, depending, if you intimidated the one dude, he would have just run and left his boss behind. Um, but the uh, the boss is sticking his hands up, kind of still bound. All right, you got us. And he, like, drops his club. Okay. okay. No more games. As we drop out of initiative, very quick question. Kind of bitches killed, buddy. <laughs> is it soon enough for? Is it is it too late for me to cast healing word on the ogre? Since it is within the round. It has a hole in the middle of its chest. Of channeled elemental energy. Did not expect that. Unless, unless soup I, I, was Hugo trying to be non-lethal there, or Hugo was like, "Ogre's a problem, gotta put it down." I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, "How long has Hugo's homicidal streak been going?" <laughs> I, I think he probably was trying to be non-lethal there. Um, um, I know. I in that case, him. it didn't burn all the way through, but burned significantly through its back. Um, and if you want to, you can healing word. Um, I will just say that with the amount of damage, the ogre is currently unconscious still. Yeah. But it's stable. Don't gotta roll. The, don't worry about the damage. Or the healing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spending it because that didn't mm -hmm. need to happen. It was a big misunderstanding, and everyone mm -hmm. contributed to that situation. And I'm explaining this as I'm kind of doing a little bit of healing over him and stabilizing him and spending that spell slot. He says, all right, all right, all right. You know what? We're, we're in for more than we can handle. You you can have the girl. Hugo's not murderous by heart, but there was that one time he got really scared. Right. Who are you looking for? A twisted dagger? Those, those watchdogs? One of Jimmy's boys? Uh, I don't know who Marcellus? those groups are. Can I walk <laughs> out by this time? You're fresh blood on the streets. Yeah, you can walk up, Hugo, okay. as this is happening. This place is Listen. more like my home than any of you even know. And from what mm. I understand, and you were helping the girl go out to the swamp, that would kill her within a day. Do you, you realize the one how the one dude says, that is? The the, uh, the other guy says, "Oh, we weren't we were gonna we weren't gonna gonna take her. We we were just saying that to, to convince her to come with us." It's like, you idiot. What were you gonna do with her? Uh, it's like. Listen. Cranberry, it's hard to get leverage on her. All right. And there's a couple of boys, not me included, that w was willing to pay a fine nickel for someone that can get something a little valuable for her. 
Come on, you're on the streets, you know how this works. We all just trying to get by. That is absolutely despicable to treat a life like it is an object. Especially ladies. Get well, out. It's not like we were pulling her from a, a better situation to begin with. Hugo. I so see there's pretty little beads around your neck. Hugo will will say to them... Oh, shoot. I forgot what he was going to say. Right. You may be trying to make it out on the street, but she is too. And we are not letting you. So go. Um, did they like, look at have, the vines? Did they both have weapons? Uh, yeah, they had these sort of, uh, these, like, lead pipes, like, wrapped with, like, grips. Like, basically clubs. Um, yeah, I'll... Or great clubs. Okay. Um, I will take both of them. And I'll, right. I'll point to the ogre. Um, oh, come on, I just made that. You can make another. I'll say, I'll point to the ogre and say, take our kindness, get him out of here, and go. And don't hit him. Mm -hmm. I have that. And also know that I'm Dave, and you owe me. <laughs> Roll me an intimidation check now. <laughs> As you are now trying to impress your presence upon the streets of the spirit ward. Oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Was oh. it a natural 20? Or a natural one. It's twenty-one. Oh, it's just—it's not natural, but it's twenty-one. No, it is natural. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so Misha always gets the the story nat twenties. Um, Wonderful. as they gen when you really look at that, and the spell ends because it's only like a minute. Um, yeah. He like I, looks I, up. I, I, I like gently release it. Hey, buddy. Come with us. Let's go look for some big women. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to basically kind of help the ogre up as it kind of like stumbles and it says, Tiny man. And it will basically, uh, it like, the, it, the ogre like casts like one glaring eye at, at first what would be Wartho, but then clocks Hugo standing there. Tinier man. Buddy will remember that <laughs> as uh, he is shambled away by these two thugs that were looking to take advantage of Destiny's precarious situation. It's around that point where you notice that Destiny is just standing about 20 feet behind Hugo and has been listening in on all of this. As the two of them are just disappearing towards the, the, the outer peripherals through behind a building. In about in the distance, she says, They were gonna hurt me, weren't they? I'll say, Yeah, I'm very sorry to have uh, interrupted your meeting. I don't suspect it would have gone well, though. She just falls to her knees and begins sobbing. You see, sort of, uh, floating tears kind of drift and bounce along her eyes, clearly an indication of her sort of elemental blood. And she just says, I sh should have, should have listened. I shouldn't have, I, I should have listened to her. I'll go she was right. 
and come and kind of soup. I'm just gonna like nudge soup over to her. It's like, do your thing. Yeah, what? I'll sit down next to her, kind of make make myself her size. <laughs> and she just begins crying, and she just looks at you and says, "Thank you, thank you so much for for helping me there. I, I'll go back. I'll go back happy and willingly." I just Hold kind on. of, I just kind of give 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 her a nudge if she needs to lean on something. And All right. I'd like to say, hold on. We don't trust a, we don't trust that woman one bit. Why did you leave? A while ago. Uh, I was always, I was always her treasure. Struck me in when I was just a, a wee baby, and she, she. I wasn't a baby. I was, I was, I was young though, seven, eight maybe, and she, she, made sure I had a good life. And but every time she took care of me, she, she watched me, groomed me, made me sure that I always looked pretty. I was always wearing good clothes. When, when she asked if I wanted to work, I said yes, and she, she found some people to teach me the art of love. Once I was old enough, but I just. I just felt like something was missing, and one day, one of those men, you say, were trying to hurt me. They, they spoke to me, and he said that he could take me away from here and take me away from her, and I would never have to deal with her again. I could, I could go to that city I hear about at the edge of the desert, and I could, I could make a life for myself from there. I think Cranberry knew I was gonna gonna be running, and I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll go back now. I I I'll I'll, I'll give back what I took from her. I, I there's there's no there's no place for me out here. Well, you, you don't need to be you do, sorry. I hope she's not angry. You may be able to get out free. She really kind of just needs the necklace back. No, I should go back. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back my, myself, too. Um, do you, do you have take me the there. necklace on you? Oh, yeah, and she'll, like, pull out this sort of jet black sort of shard on a thin silver chain. And she'll, like, pull it out. This is... Here, you owe it more more than I owe her. Um, if you want to give it back to her, then yes. But I thought that she would notice it was gone. It was at the bottom of the pile. Uh, can I inspect your, it? <laughs> your yeah. Then she did notice, especially noticed you were gone. I uh, suspect. I'll go back now if that if, if that's okay. If you please take me there. First, I was first scared time. walking through here the first time. First I don't want to walk alone again. Let's 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 have a real short conversation. Real short, I promise. Okay. I, I know the swamp well, I'm from there, and I know that you wouldn't survive well out there, but if you had the option, if you knew 100% that if you went out there that you'd be safe, would you go or would you stay with Cranberry, now knowing everything that you know? And with that, she kind of like lingers for a long moment. And then she kind of speaks up a, I... I don't know. Well, you know where you've been. I kind of just want to go back 
because that's easier. Hmm. But you know what that's like. Don't you want to find out what it'd be like somewhere else? Just get to live that even for a little while? Well, to do that, you always need a plan. You can't just go rushing into things, otherwise you're going to be in way more trouble than you started. Mm-hmm. How about this? Also... Hmm? Mm-hmm. I mean, she just kind of, like, looks at you, and it's like when you could see her in more proper light, like, you see, like, her actual cheeks almost seem to swirl like the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Like, as if her very skin is a reflection of the night sky. How about this? We bring you back, however. Think on it. If you want to start a new life somewhere else, I will make sure we have a friend, uh, Dimitri is his name. I'll be sure at some point he comes in to check on you. And we'll we'll have we'll have a signal in place. Uh, let him know that that you want to try my suit, and we will come up with a plan to get you out of there safely, so you're not rushing into things, and that you actually have a place to go. Do you know Andre? We know. Yes, Andre. we've we've met him. He's the one who helped me get out. All right. Hmm. Then, I guess we I will... think he can be tr- I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have to think on it. But I don't want to make her angry anymore. Or scared. I want to I solve this problem mm-hmm. before I think about making any others for her. Yeah, but keep that in mind. And we'll, um, you know, if, if you think on it and decide you would like to go somewhere else... Just get it to Andre, make sure we know, and we will help you arrange that. But just running off, that's not how you do it. Okay? Thank you, Dave. It's You're a so- kind soul. Okay, well, thank you, Sue. One more question. When you do go back, Cranberry doesn't have any torture devices that turn people into uh, mentally just animals, right? You see, there's like a genuine like fear in her eye. I mean, I, there's rumors that that man with the the, the black glasses and the big beard—he he supposedly has magic that can bewitch the mind. I, I try to stay away from him, but he—he's just so creepy. I know. I felt it too. I don't uh, want that to happen. I, I think I think if you're talking about uh, Manuel and Cassandra. I think that it was uh, Korovich who did that to them. Well, I don't want the same thing to happen to you if you go back. Would she do that to me? She promised me she'd never hurt me. From my understanding, when they were dis- when we heard about them, it's because they lost some kind of. But I think I think it's completely true that you 
you offered to come with us. So I think that if it's clear that you want to be back at Caledonia's place as yourself until, of course, you think about where you'd like to go beyond there, I'm. I think that's the best chance of such a thing not happening. But I'm sure people run away she's from not, there all she's the time. She's not going to turn me. She's not going to turn me into a pussy cat, is she? I don't. I don't want that to happen. I really. Yeah, I really don't think so. Yeah, it's. It wasn't meant. It wasn't meant to scare you. We were just. It was. It was also peculiar okay. to us. But I think it was related to some kind of bet. So I'm really. I'm. I'm pretty. Sh I'm. I'm pretty sure not. But. She I'd... she promised to protect me. She'll take care of me. I, she won't hurt me. Maybe she maybe I won't be able to leave my room for a while, but it'll get better. Give 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 her. And I'll remember what you said. Please. Okay. You know, with so many talkative people around, a big city like this gets kind of small. If you need to, you can find us, and we'll get you a place to go. If you need it. Thank you. I want to go back, and she like looks at the sky, which is beginning to lighten a little bit. Okay. I miss my bed. Then let's make our way back. Do you okay. have anything in the shack? Um, it was just the necklace, and there's a boat in there, but uh, I, don't, I think it's too broken to make work. We can try. But I don't know if you want to fit a boat. Nah. I found it here. Okay. Thank you. Here again if you need it. Okay. And don't tell them my name I... is They think my name is Dave. It's our secret. Okay. Okay. Your... I listened to your music once. A long time ago. She usually doesn't let me have music in my room, but... I, I saw your face on the cover of the album. Yeah, good to know. Maybe, maybe if Caledonia lets me keep these beads and won't let you leave your room, then you can have a little private concert. She like smiles very big at that for a second, kind of forgetting about the tears in her eyes and the muck on her dress. And she just smiles and says, no, you don't have to do that. That's, that's too much. Can, 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 I, can I offer you services in return? Would, would that be fair? Like she says, like genuinely, like, like <laughs> I don't know how to repay you. I'm gonna repay you like how I've been taught people repay you. Oh man. <laughs> oh, this sweet. It child. is very, it is very, it is very clear that she has a lot of Stockholm. Yeah. I know. Yeah. To work through. I know. Mm. No. no, that wouldn't be necessary. Just keeping okay in contact and okay time spent. I mean, I'm I'm real talented. Vampire always said, so if you change your mind, offers on the table. If you're not comfortable, though, if you if you if you if you're not a fan of women, that's fine too. I get that. I'm I'm sure you are really talented. I get my kicks from okay. other kinds of parties. Okay. And she'll just kind of silently go off, like still kind of like eager that Hugo Brassleaf offered to play her a private concert. I think dance parties. Have you been to a party on the upper levels? No. I'm guessing not. Well, let me tell you, some wild things have gone down there. Oh. Well, I, I just prefer that environment a little bit compared to the uh, spirit board brothels and 
gambling houses. That that's that's where I find my fun. I find a little a little oh it's slightly safer there. It's almost as if Hugo is bringing up the possibility of setting a a change of setting. <laughs> but in the meantime, I imagine going back. What's going through Warso's mind right now? Uh, I'm just here for the ride, pretty much. What does he make of all this? If if you you want to share some of those thoughts, or do you just kind of feel like <clears throat> world's a dark place and these people are doing the best they can? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're just here trying to make stuff better. All right. So like probably like as you're walking through here, and all of you are pretty heavily armed, even though Warso is kind of like wandering a little bit, and like the blood that's come out has kind of clotted a bit and has lost its divine radiance. Uh, but after a while, she begins like asking you like all these questions about like this one vinyl album you published, Hugo, like <laughs> seven, eight years ago that you had almost forgotten about with one of your earlier albums, and it's like, what? How'd you come up with that name? And sometimes. Like, Things speak to you from the heart. That was not one of those times. And you can tell she's like in her, her like early 20s. Mm. But you could also imagine that from what it sounds like, she's never really had the chance to be like a teenager who yeah. went to concerts. And if anything, like her questions about that with her limited ex music exposure, she's just happy to ask yeah. questions about like what you do and like, did you, you know, what other albums did you make? And... Asking all these, like, dumb questions like a fan would. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since you've been this close to a fan who would ask questions. Like, all the people you've been exposed to have always been, like, super professional. Let's let's not, let's not get that imperfectionality out of the way. Yeah. Well, but not her. <laughs> that, that was the one song that I couldn't come up for the name for. It was about five minutes to the deadline before I just made up the quickest thing that came to mind. So you just come up with it on the spot? Well... That song, yes. Wow. Only the name. I mean, I, I thought I thought musicians they 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 work days to come up with with a song. I guess I never pieced together that uh, people make it up on the fly. That's that's impressive, Mister Mister Hugo. Thank you. I mean, that is that is a big proponent of uh, jazz. You can make it up on the spot. In fact. Uh, some say there are no wrong notes. Some others disagree. But the, the whole point is playing from the soul and having fun. So Lady Cranberry lacks the wrong notes. They say She says they're her favorite. Because no one else looks at them. And it's just more for her to appreciate. Um, Sorry. She and she's just like, stop talking about Cranberry. <laughs> it's fine. She creeps me out a little bit. A lot bit, I will say. All right. Um, sorry. Just double checking. The necklace that Cranberry had is not the one that Sky was describing, right? Sky never had a chance to see it. Ah, oh, shit. It was gone before. But so like the, the necklace they were talking about before, did they describe that one or? Uh, like the not in a big gilded. detail. Okay. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Uh, they Sky never got a visual on it. Oh. They just knew of it from rumor. Okay. While while we're walking, that's a question. Find... You're bringing her back. Are you going to try to go for like partial favor? I mean, or yeah. are you and try to hold well, on to the stone? I I'll you know what I'll do. Uh, while while we're walking, I'm gonna kind of whistle something under my breath and ritually cast detect magic. 
just to see if there's anything interesting about this necklace. I mean, if you want to, like, once you come to a slightly better part of the Spirit Ward, um, one with a little bit more establishment, you could just find a place like a small drinking hall that's less crowded mm-hmm. and take a short rest with uh, Destiny. Yeah, we can do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So you do that. You find a, a small little end where they're serving flagons and I don't know if you, anyone has like a piece of cloth they could put over Destiny to try to like mask her a little bit not to draw too much attention I probably um, yeah I got that one do you order drinks hmm. if you do they're really cheap drinks and they're a copper each yeah I'll, I'll order some it. drinks hmm? I'll order some drinks yeah okay I gotta keep up my character I'll order a drink <laughs> alright uh <laughs> It is really crappy drink, like it's like yeah. just alcohol, and she and but you do see like Destiny's like eyeing it up and down. I'll say, would you like some? I don't think she'd want this. <laughs> and she'll just like take it, and then she'll go to like take a big slurp of this like watered down liquor, like just pure Everclear, like watered down. Oh. Uh, and she'll just like cough it. And she'll, like, spit some of it out onto the table and onto her dress. And for a second of, like, looking, like, horrified and surprised, she just starts laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a sip of uh, mine, too, and not having had... I, I think some of it came out my nose. Bad. It kind of burns. Hey, can we get some hot water over here? Yeah, they, they probably... They, in this part of the city, they definitely got, like, a cauldron of water boiling to keep it sterile. Mm-hmm. See her. Yeah, she says... Uh, I'll, I'm, I'll, stay, I'll stay away from alcohol for a little while. <laughs> At least this stuff, definitely. The good stuff, you can have a little. Can we order, like, some chips and salsa for it? Uh, they probably wouldn't have chips and salsa here, but, um... They have chips and salsa here, why not? <laughs> yeah! Why not? While, yeah. They're, while they're looking Rule of the, fun! There we while go. They're, while they're looking in the back, I just pull out, like, a couple polypores, like, these look like chips! <laughs> <laughs> We're having a celebratory. It would probably feast. be more of a thing. Like they just have the salsa, but mushroom can provide like mushroom <laughs> chips. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'll, tr- I'll I just try pull, a mushroom chip. I just pull it. I just yeah. pull it out. Like li- it literally seems like it's coming from behind my back. Like. And I the got truth is. Pores. And here's the thing too: is like as all of you are sitting out here, on the edge of the uh, the sort of main thoroughfare of the Spirit Ward, not quite to 10th Street sitting in this sort of like sidewalk boardwalk cafe um this bar establishment with a table and a booth just built up right against the road in the early morning bustle you begin to see carts being pulled back and forth people beginning to sell their wares and laughing musicians coming out at first light to try to busk for what coin they can from the merchants that are sitting up and traversing and maybe for the first time and you can interpret this as you will The spirit ward, in all of its gloom and macabre, in all of its destitution, not a single person here seems miserable. You see someone's literally lying on a piece of cardboard up against a nearby wall, just about like 50 feet away from where you're eating, and they just got like a little tin, and they're obviously like blind with both eyes clouded, but they just kind of seem to be laughing and cracking jokes at people going by, saying, like, if you like my comedy... Support the arts. Uh, you hear, you know, musicians busking, wearing worn-out instruments that they're having to like tune with like drill 
with like screws and stuff like that. Can I go around to the buskers and tune their instruments and play with them? Oh my god. Yeah, Hugo Brathleaf. <laughs> Sal! This is Hugo Brathleaf. He wants to play with us. Uh, I told you the day was going to come when we would... I, 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 was, I was told you the day that we would rise to the level of playing with Hugo Brathleaf. I just not think it was going to be like this. Leave <laughs> <laughs> me at the Jedi. I'm looking down at my probably like mud-covered and soaked clothing. And I'll, like, you play? Yeah, I will play. All right. And I guess Destiny kind of like turns her gaze towards you as she's just kind of like smiling in your direction. We'll get um, the buskers in a circle and we'll all play together. Yeah. And, and the truth is, like, it, I'd say that it's probably like a group of five orcish siblings. Mm -hmm. um, and then like one more who's like a half orc who's like a head taller and she like plays the drum, but she's like pretty crazy at the drum. It's like sort of a street drum set, so it's made out of like trash bins and uh, her poles she like fashioned herself out of like different types of pipe and she's got like a belt of them oh. and the truth is is that she just immediately opens by just ripping up into a whole drum solo and you see uh one of them with a guitar and another one with a violin begin joining in until you start getting this very swingy mood going on um until you're ready to join in would you mind rolling me a performance check with advantage as you are being helped. Okay, I don't think I need the advantage. I got a 20. <laughs> Roll again. Yeah, good thing or I nat got 20? that, because the other one was a 2. <laughs> you got a nat 20? Did. <laughs> to a total of? 26. Ooh. So here's the crazy thing. All of you are just kind of enjoying this little moment in soup. Just to kind of get that out of the way, there is definitely a magic aura about it. An aura of, if you had to guess, enchantment. Um, kind of as you're inspecting that soup, you kind of like look up and notice that a scene has played out in front of you. Like, you see Hugo breaking out into a solo with a jive you did not even see at the Crocodile's Ballgown. There is this whole sort of band of... Uh, the circle of uh, orcish performers who are just surrounding Hugo playing this swinging, jiving melody with all of its sort of odd chords mixed into it, giving him room to just kind of break out. And when you start playing your trumpet, uh, everyone else kind of like silence a little bit, except for the orcish women, half orcish woman who's just going ham on the drums as you're doing this. Um, and it's like the melody is sometimes a little bit off you but like intentionally and you find yourself compensating and literally in a bit of a trumpet versus drum duel with her you don't notice this because you are just so in the zone Hugo Wartho, Gyndon, Soup, Destiny even sees the crowd that is forming like after a while you are having trouble like even seeing Hugo like Soup you actually have to like stand up on the booth to peer above the crowd which has is it's just barely packed in. The entire street is like congested with traffic. Sit on my shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> she, she is very very light because she is kind of made out of air. Um, and yeah, and like that's the thing is like you start seeing like this one tiny little orcish kid who's probably like super, super part of the family who just kind of stands up and starts holding this sort of bucket out that seems to be growing heavier and heavier until they have to, like, rest it on their shoulder <laughs> as people are just throwing in coppers and silvers into 
this bucket. And the thing is, it's like road congestion, because this is like a thoroughfare, becomes congested with the crowd that has gathered. Yeah. But just as people begin to complain, they start standing up on their carts. It's like, holy crap, that's Hugo Brassleaf! <laughs> <laughs> I give... I give Genton and Vorso a little nudge and kind of start, like, slowly clapping my hands, like, Hugo, Hugo, and kind of letting myself get louder to see if it catches on. Like, mm -hmm. like a cheer. I'm gonna start dancing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, do, like, do you start, like, dancing in the middle of that room? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing is, do you think your mentor, your, your father figure taught you how to dance? No. Like, swing dive. No. Okay. Vorso don't so know you... how to dance at all. Roll a performance check. Four total. It is very inspired. <laughs> <laughs> if only more eyes were placed upon you, but unfortunately there is a conglomeration of what at this point is probably close to a hundred people mm. packed in this area. And yeah, like you start seeing like this kid start scrounging around like she steals like one of the upside down buckets of the drummer lady and like starts using that to collect coins now that that's the one he was carrying is just filled to the brim with coins and overfilling oh my gosh and hugo at a certain point like you realize you are being surrounded like the audience is so packed like they're only like five feet away from where you're playing and they're just like clapping and laughing and dancing there's maybe a small clear area nearby where you see a couple has begun dancing with each other doing a sort of uh swingy melody just kind of do the lindy hop nearby Mm -hmm. And yeah, like how long do you play? Uh, it probably will go on for a whole 20 minutes at that point, at least. Like after a while, like you start hearing the sounds of velvet blue sirens, like, all right, everyone disperse, disperse, you're, con you're congesting traffic. <laughs> like, and what do you do? And like all the drummers, like all the musicians, like start packing up, like, yeah. Hello, it, it was a pleasure to play with you. It's something yeah. I will forever treasure. Um, here, we can't carry this all home, and they'll scoot you over one of these buckets of coins. Uh, I don't... I'll say, I don't need this, and I'll... I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. I'll distribute it among... I'll distribute it among them. Alright, so you just kind of say, like, no. Like, you keep it, it's your money. Mm -hmm. Hold me... Yeah, don't roll anything. Like, you're just such a powerful personality to them. Yeah. They accept that and they say... Actually, I will take a little well, bit... What, what's, your plan, what's your plans now, Miss... What's your plans now, Mr. Brassleaf? Yeah, kid. Like, the woman sit, looks at you and says, What's your plan now? She's just kind of, like, chewing on her tusk. It's enough the, money the to record album. another album. What'd you say? That's enough money to record another album. Um... <laughs> I'd say, well, I can't say what my plans are. That's still to be figured out. But I say your plans are to go record an album with this. Maybe with this money, I can get these dipshits to buy some better instruments. Would you record with us again? Oh, absolutely. Here, let me write down I, this, uh, where you can find me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what, what do you hand them? Um, like brimstone or... Yeah, I'll probably hand them like brimstone with like a little information on the back of how to contact like me personally. And uh, she says, "All right then, this is the McCarlo crew and uh, the McCarlo family band." Mm -hmm. 
Well, Pleasure playing with you. No, I haven't played like that in what feels like centuries. Find me again. We'll do it again. This right. time, we'll get thousands. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing. is like the crowd has begun to disperse. And, like, uh, you see, like, one of the police is like, Hey, you! Disperse! Break it up! And, like, they all just kind of go out. And, like, Hugo, do you just try to, like, stink out? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wave to the police as they're going by. Like, oops, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you scat. And, like, one of them nudges and, like, whispers something in his ear. And he, like, looks at him. Hugo's breath leaf? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you come back, Hugo. Um, I guess you do feel a little weight in your pocket, though. What? A little weight in your pocket you didn't feel before. Like, you've got this jacket and you've got kind of decorative pockets, so they're not very deep. Mm -hmm. But you feel a weight in it, like something someone has slipped something in your pocket. Well, first, I'll give some of that money um, to that I took from the bucket to Destiny. So she has a look. Okay, yeah, yeah. They will they will one hundred percent. So like throughout that, like in mixed silver and copper, that was probably somewhere around like twenty, thirty gold. Um dropping in in all the gold coins that they had, apparently one of them had slipped five gold coins into your pocket. Oh wow. Oh. But you would probably still have like We'll say another five in like silver pieces, charges as they're called, because it goes zaps are copper, charges are silver, and sparks are gold. Okay, so I'll add five gold to myself. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Interesting. And you like pull out like a sack of fifty silver and hand it to her, and she's like, "What? What's this? Pocket change, in case you need it." Thank you so much. Um, we we got to get back. She's going to be worried. And she's like starting to straighten herself out, like losing the euphoria a little bit. And she looks over and at Wartha and says, you're a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But I will assume that you all want to make your way back to Cranberry Caledonia's. Yep. Yeah. And I'll be there. During that I'm short rest. I'm going to let him know. Oh. Oh, yeah. During that short rest, could I just like make a sketch of the necklace? Uh, yeah, you absolutely okay. can. Um, I mean, it's probably a rudimentary thing. I'm not going to make you roll for it, but you've got a little okay. bit of an idea. Cool. Mm -hmm. You make your way back to the cream and cherry. Well, can and I find tell them that they on the are way, in the. What, can I tell mm -hmm. them on the way that this is in fact magic and it's enchantment? Does Destiny know what necklace? Oh, Destiny doesn't. No, she just no, picks this, it this is, Destiny's just mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, this this necklace uh, is isn't is in fact magic, so it's got a little something more to it than shine. Well, it doesn't really narrow it down. I I've mean, heard there's plenty of magic necklaces magic. around, electrical. It's a kind of well, it's a kind of magic that works with the mind. Well, that's the thing. That do you want to hold on to it for longer, or do you want to give it back? Maybe we should hold on to it. You know, we what, can... would we, what would we say to Cranberry? Say she sold it. Sold or, that would or the guys trouble, who tricked it? her, or the guys who tricked her stole it. I like that. Oh. Okay. But I'm not much of a liar. I think Hugo should do the talking in that case. Not saying he's uh... a liar. I'm just saying he's more convincing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Are you going to bring it in? 
Are you going to hide it on your person in some capacity? Are you going to give it to, like, Wartha or someone and ask him to step outside while you do this? Uh, I think Like, the this best is kind bet, of what you're deciding. I think the best bet might be for Wartha to hold on to it, because I don't know if there's somebody who's just standing there with detect magic waiting for people to come in with stuff they can detect. Um, yeah, I'd say our best bet is leave, is probably leaving it somewhere. Um, <laughs> maybe at that, uh, at that cleaner's place with the locker. In the <laughs> this is also another strategy I just want to bring up so you have an idea of what options there are. Yeah. You could also consider that there are two things that she mentioned she wanted. You could also theoretically try to distract her with something else that she indicated that she wants. Oh no. Oh. That is a decision depending on how. She mentioned that she would at least be somewhat satisfied if she got back one of them. But that's the thing is, does Hugo want to try that? Does Hugo at least want to think, make her think there's a connection with him? A suggestion would be that uh... The three of us, Gend and I and Warso, stay outside. And Hugo can just bring in Destiny because he's the best negotiator. And Cranberry has a liking for Hugo. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Oh boy. <sighs> Suppose if you don't think I'll be killed or turned into one of the rats on the chains, then... <sighs> do we really think this necklace could have anything to be... anything to do with Gilded? I mean, well, if at least anything... we'll run it by Sky. I will least. also say, Soup, that when you read it, you, you're you not entirely sure what it's for. Even if it isn't connected, you are reading a very strong magical aura. Like, this is if a anything... powerful enchantment. If anything, it could be a great tool for use, for trading, or just something less that Cranberry has. One less tool for her. Now that I can get behind, you sold me. Alright, I'll do it. Alright. So Hugo's stepping in alone. So as you come into the uh, crocodile's... Or, not that one. Uh, when you, As you make your way into the cream and cherry, you see that in this, these early hours, they are currently... In the process of eviction, you see about four figures shambling out of there with the scent of uh, mist upon them. Hugo would recognize that smell. Oh, yeah. Um, as well as plenty of other drunks. Uh, you see people trying to, like, button their pants up on their way out. <laughs> Some of them uh, checking, like, their pockets and, like, swearing like they're empty. And you just kind of push past and you see the one guard who spoke to you before is about to, like, stop you. You're good. Go ahead. Yep. Oh. Hey, you! Puke in the river! Goes to deal with something else. Yay. Oh, sorry, one second. This, this place is an all-night party all the time. Straight through the doors, then. And yeah, as you make your way through here, it is definitely a very different vibe. There's maybe, like, some people, like, playing poker and stuff at the gambling tables, and you see, actually, uh, Korovich... Uh, kind of like give you a nod, like sup, but in a, like a very creepy way um, from a distance as he's currently in the process of uh, 
shuffling some cards and setting them aside. Um, but it's very much that vibe, like there's trash everywhere, broken glasses, bloodstains that are currently being cleaned up by establishment workers, like the escorts you've seen before also seem to work other jobs here. Like, this is like after-party cream and cherry. Yeah. Um, they, they told everyone to get out, and they're cleaning up the mess so they can get ready for the next evening. Shoot, what's our friend the escort's name again? Uh, Destiny is walking alongside you. Andre um, is what we're looking for. Andre, okay. Andre, you're looking for. Andre would be probably the first one who sees you, and he says, Oh, Destiny, I'm glad you're okay. And he runs up and gives her a warm, friendly hug. And she says, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you, Karen. But I'm going to be staying here for a little while. And Demi Andre says, That may be the best course of action at the time. But please let me know if there's anything you need. I'll give him a, uh, a look and I'll say, I heard you can be trusted. Thank you. I, I cared about her. I, I wasn't entirely sure about the figures she spoke of. He says this in a hushed tone. But uh, she seemed confident and I'll be careful next time with her. Thank you for helping. Um, wait. Real quick. One, tell her or let us know if she needs help getting out. And two, what do you mean figures? In regards to... Oh, the, he was referring to the... Uh, he says, oh, I, was, I didn't trust the uh, people she met who promised her a way out. Oh. Yeah. I trust that they've been dealt with? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. Scared the, right. scared the pants half off. As he basically leads her up and he'll lead you up to... I imagine, do you follow to Cranberry's Loft? You find music being played. Music familiar to you because you wrote and produced it and played it record kind of put on to one of your like one of your more Barry White albums <laughs> as Andre basically leads off Destiny and has sent like word ahead as you make your way up and Destiny before going into her room gives you one more look of just thank you and as you step within you just smell the scent of rose and lavender drift through the air. And you see dressed in a fine red dress, glittering somewhat, always outdoing it. Her nails now apparently black and extended is Cranberry Caledonia as she seems to be sitting at a single halfling sized sort of uh, cocktail table. And she like looks at you as she like crosses her legs and she says, Oh, well, my, if it is not my knight in shiny armor. I heard what you did with Destiny. I'll look down at my armor and say, I would not call this shining right now. Hmm. Well, maybe if uh, you need to take use of our cleaning services, we'd be more than happy to house you until we can get it returned to you. Let's talk a drink. We got business to discuss, don't we? We, do. we can have fun another time. It's a strong maybe. Now, this is what's going on. I gotta ask with Hugo, like, how is Hugo approaching or presenting himself in this interaction? Um, Hugo is 
trying to find the least amount of closeness he can get. So he is actively trying to like distance himself from her. Yeah. He's not going to try to flirt. He's not going to try to entertain her fantasies at all. If it takes try doing some entertaining of fantasies, then maybe. But... That's that's what I want to ask though. Like, yeah. even like... if you're not committing to anything, she seems to be playing this game of flirtation with you. Yeah. Do you interact with it or do you not? Is kind of what I want to. Yeah, because that will kind of determine how this conversation goes. I think that Hugo thinks, I think, and Hugo thinks that she enjoys the game of me not, like, like acknowledging the flirtation and trying to bat it away. So you're actively, like, playing hard to get then? Yes. And So as she kind of sees that, you, like, kind of act a little bit shy or stern every single time, and she says, really is all business with you. Any chance on uh, the, the necklace that uh, Destiny, I heard that she didn't come back with it. No. Wouldn't be somewhere on uh, that fine person. And she kind of like signals towards like your buttoned up collar. I mean, <laughs> you could search me, but you'd find nothing. What we oh, we'll, uh, I'd rather do a more thorough search another time. What we reckon is the uh, thugs that they, that she thought were going to help her made off with it before we could get to. Well then, but I'll have my little information network take care of them. I can assure you that. We do have our resources trying to track down that necklace. Speaking of necklaces, I think that you want a little bit of uh, know-how about one that went missing recently. That I do. I spoke to my associate, and he got back to me much quicker than anticipated. Let's say that, uh, well, how much do you know about the authority? How much does Hugo know? <laughs> I don't know if Hugo would know anything. Sky told us about the authority. Probably the stuff that Sky told you about. Some sort of cabal that seems to run Electroval's power grid secretly. People sometimes missing or memories being erased, unexplained. Then I'll tell her basically that, but just hardly. I'd love to hear there, today. There is a lot of speculation of whether or not they're real. Now, the thing is, is that I can assure you they are 100% real. A girl can't do business in this city without seeing enough discrepancies to know there's a pattern. The question is what they are is a mystery everyone in Electroval wants to know. Well, except maybe whoever they are. That necklace is believed to be a key of sorts. An encryption decipherer that can jack into Electroval's power grid and be used for a number of magical purposes of communication, knowledge, transfer, uh, espionage, and to believe that, uh, well, Mr. Portsmouth was a member of that authority. What now, the question is... Hmm, sorry, say your question. No, no. She would then... She then says, Now, what I'm wondering is whether Mr. Portsmouth died and the necklace went missing because he was being too reckless and the authority wanted to put him down. Or, if maybe there's some fresh blood out there 
who's trying to take on the establishment. Now, either I'd respect, but I think the second would be more fun, don't you? Certainly make things more interesting. A little more storybook, if you will. Hmm. Well, that's what I can tell you there. What's on there? Not even I know that. Not even Tutooth, my friend, who uh, helped you get that information. He'd be eager to get his hands on one of those necklaces as well. After all, it's even rumored that those necklaces hold the key to the Arkstone's location in the city. And there's multiple. Keys, possibly. Maybe it was the only one. Either way, it seems to be in unstable waters right now. What's it look like? Nobody knows. All we know is that it's on a, a brass chain of sorts. That was only ever the only glance we were able to get at Portsmouth. Gotta say, I'm pretty sure uh, the other side of the Twisted Dagger was looking to acquire it themselves. If, uh, well, things didn't play out the way they did. But the hour grows early. And me and you will need to talk about our uh, arrangements under more appropriate circumstances. Hey. Any place in the upper city uh, like to go for dinner? I've got a few spots, but... Uh, I know you're a little more familiar up there and thought that you'd like to, uh, well, not have to deal with the naivety of a woman of my class. <laughs> Internally, Hugo's just, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, you got my number. Wire me anytime and she'll, like, slide you a folded piece of paper. I'll, like, hold it between two fingers and put it up to my head and I'll say, I'll keep it in mind. And she I'll... sticks her hands out and says, she sticks her hand out and says, friend. Fair enough. With many benefits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you shake her hand? I say, you know what? Sure. She, like, grabs your hand and, like, shakes it and says, well, you gotta clean up, and, uh... <laughs> girls gotta sleep sometime. <laughs> that they do. Isn't the term beauty sleep for nothing? Oh, trust me. I got enough beauty as it is. Now go around it off. You had a long night, too. Say hello to your friends. I really would like to get to know them more, too. Especially that, uh... That angel-looking fellow you were walking around with. Oh, yeah. A little bit of hired help. And she just gives you like a look of like, I'm watching. And yeah, um, as we go ahead and end it there, uh, you all get a level up. Woo! Yes. Level three! Yeah. Um, awesome. Finally, also, I, got, I got to have a fun moment of stopping a fight. Yes, yeah, you did. so much fun, also, Soup, uh, you will get a chance to basically look over and attune to it. Uh -huh. um, oh. I will give you the details uh, in between sessions of exactly what that thing does, and you can decide how to use it as a party. All right. Well, first of all, I gotta roll my hit dice. Yeah. See how roll. much. We, we will do that. We will do that in between because we gotta let our audience go. Oh right. Take care. Contributing <laughs> my level up solely to the performance. Hey everyone, Johnny here. If you want to listen to more of me, you can find me over at Majestic Geese Network, primarily on One Shot Onslaught and Halfway to Heroes. Thank you. Take care. You have been listening to Electroball, 
as featured on Dice Carnival. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember that the man who sleeps with a machete is a fool every night but one.